Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. Father, I'd like to ask to join Duncan Idaho on a scout mission to Arrakis tomorrow. I've studied the Fremen language, I'd be an asset. Out of the question. They'll travel in a few weeks to Arrakis like the rest of us. I've been training my whole life. What is the point if I'm not allowed to you face an actual why, risk? Paul. You're the future of House Atreides. And grandfather fought bulls for sport. Yes. And look where that got him. I need you by my side. When we get to Arrakis, we'll face enormous danger. What danger? Fremen? The desert? Political danger. The great houses look to us for leadership. And this threatens the Emperor. By taking Arrakis from the Harkonnens and making it ours, he sets the stage for a war, which would weaken both houses. But if we hold firm and tap the true power of Arrakis, we could be stronger than ever. What does that mean? Mining spice, keeping the Fremen in their place? We'd be no better than Harkonnens. No. By making an alliance with the Fremen. That's what I've sent Duncan Idaho to arrange. Here on Caladan, we've ruled by air power and sea power. On Arrakis, we need to cultivate desert power. I want you sitting in on my council. Learn what I do. What if I'm not, Dad? Not what? The future of House Atreides. Father, I didn't want this either. I wanted to be a pilot. You never told me that. Your grandfather said, a great man doesn't seek to lead. He's called to it. And he answers. And if your answer is no, You'll still be the only thing I ever needed you to be. My son. Welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. And this week we review the latest attempt to film the unfilmable story about a boy and his mom who beat all odds to take down an empire, starring Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, and Zendaya. It's 2021's Dune, Part 1. But first, he's the worm excrement who threatens to turn your brown eyes blue. It's Rob. How you doing, Rob? Doing pretty good. Just God. Damn Just it. finishing my fudge round. No biggie. Fuck, I hate mm. you so much. Mm. Well, you called me a piece of worm shit, so. Well, if the shoe fits. Um, it does. It does fit. Yeah. 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 So, how you doing? You got any news for us this week? Uh, yeah. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Hanging in there? Hanging in here, yeah. Perfect, perfect. Hey, um, 
So we found a new force of nature. What? And um, it's it's not uh, your farts. No, my my no, no, probably not. Yeah. All right. Um. So um, the LHC, the Large Hadron Collider, um, made some uh, fancy headlines back in March. Uh, because they uh, supposedly found new evidence of a potentially new force of nature. Well, what, what since, are you calling a force of nature? Look, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So um, they did some. Um, they did some theorizing. They did some more um, um, research and everything like that. And uh, yep, yep, they found themselves a new force of nature. Uh, so right now. Um, the current theory or the current best theory of particles and forces is known as the standard model. All right. Yeah. The standard, the standard model says that there's, um, what four fundamental forces, uh, well only describes three of the four fundamental forces, um, electromagnetic strong and weak forces. Um, and then ignores gravity apparently. Um, and it has no explanation for that pesky, dark matter that, uh, you know, those astrophysicists and all that say that dominate the uh, universe and were part of the Big Bang and all that fun fun stuff, right? Well, um, this whole LHC thing, uh, they think they found a new type of um, force called a beauty quark or a- bottom, yeah, beauty quark. Or sometimes they're called top, uh, bottom quarks. Um, they're they're a, a fundamental particle which uh, make up uh, help to make up bigger particles. Um, there's six flavors of uh, quarks. It's uh, they call them the up quark, the down quark, um, the strange quark, the charm quark, the beauty or bottom quark, and the truth or top quark. Now that's not to be confused with quarks on DS9. Uh, oh my God. That is, uh, that's a totally different quark, uh, and we're not going to talk about that here. Um, anyway, so there was a March pa- uh, paper based on data uh, where they were working using the beauty quark at the LHC, and uh, they found out that beauty quarks uh, decay into electrons and also... Uh, muons, muons at muons. different rates, yeah. muons, muons, um, which is surprising because according to the standard model, the muon is basically just a, a carbon copy of an electron. Nothing, nothing big about it. Um, so they're saying that this is, uh, this doesn't make sense because, uh, the forces should be pulling on everything with equal strength and they don't have, they didn't during this experiment, uh, with, on the muons, they, they didn't pull on electrons and muons at the same time or at the same strength. So, uh, they're theorizing that there's another force of, um, nature out there. Um, and they're trying to figure that one out completely. Okay, are they calling it a force of nature? Is that stupid article calling it a force of nature? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, which is it? Uh-huh. God. 
we're going to say the article or, you know, the many paragraphs in this article. I stopped after paragraph two. No, I didn't. Um, yeah. They're working on it. They're looking at upgrading or improving the experiment to see if they can get a little bit more data out of it when they run it again. So, and maybe be able to figure out why they're not being pulled at the same rate or being affected by at the same rate. So. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah. I figured you'd like that. Sure. Sure. What else you got? Um, it's a light, it's a light week. Uh, I've only got one other thing. Um, space is full of weird stuff. It is. It is. Um, but apparently there is one out there that takes the cake. So 1,300 light years away from earth, there is a star system that has been dubbed GW Orionis. Orionis? Orionis? Yeah. Orionis. Um, it's got, uh, it's got some weird things happening. All right. So first off, it's got three stars. Okay, so it's a um, trinary star system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except uh, two stars orbit themselves, orbit each other, and then the third star orbits the entire pair, which is kind of weird. Um, then let's throw some other stuff on there, and uh, yeah, there's uh, there's three rings of dust and gas called uh, protoplanetary disks that are surrounding all of this. But okay. that's not that's not that big deal. We've seen those. Not a well, big yeah, deal. I mean, that either indicates that the the system is too small to actually have formed planets or it's young. Right. right, right, right. But that's not that big of a deal. Okay. The strange part is that the plates are misaligned. That they are not in uh, parallel or whatever to each other on the same, uh, um, I guess, axis of rotation. Um, so they wait, 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 are. Wait. So you're going to have to describe this better. Are they? Are you saying they're not on the same elliptical plane? Correct. Or? Yeah. Yeah. So it's uncommon. Uh, the the way that they're set up, it's uncommon uh, for them to be that way. Um, and it looks like it almost looks like it's a stack of plates with, as they described it pebbles wedged between them so and they call that torn or misaligned in that instead of them being um parallel to each other or whatever they're askew slightly so that's got them um that's got people curious um Orion, uh, Orionis was uh, discovered back in the 1940s, uh, but uh, it didn't, you know, they saw it. And then in 91, they figured out that there's more than just one star there. And they've been, they've been studying it ever since. But here just recently using, um, hold on, let me find it. Which one did they use? The Atacama Large Millimeter Array and the European Southern Observatory's Very Large Telescope, they found that the disks were misaligned, and it looks like there should be a planet in there somewhere causing the misalignment. But they can't find the planet, but there's some sort of like gravitational body in there that is causing the, this uh, uh, chaos. Not chaos, but, you know, this phenomena um so it's got the uh 
the astronomers up in arms going, oh my God, what's going on? So they're trying to figure all that out. And uh, this this has all come to light within the last year, which is relatively new news, see, seeing as how it takes years upon years of study to, you know, determine what they're seeing or what they've collected. So, mm, okay. yeah. It's and they kinda, don't think it's because of the, like, Interaction between the, the like ternary star system. Yeah, they the, don't the think three so. Stars? No, they don't. They don't think so because the way the way it's going, apparently, the way the the star is rotating the other two, um, it should it should be relatively stable, um, and it's only in one spot that it's like out of whack. You know, it's like cockeyed. So um, they're they're working on it, trying to get a closer look. You know that old chestnut. And More than likely, it's, it's a just planet. Yeah, they're thinking it sh- it's got to be some sort of planetary body, whether it's fully formed or or something. Because um, I mean, some we have sort some, of we have some sort uh, of gravitational pull. There's a couple of planets in our solar system that aren't on the same elliptical plane. Right. Say, let's say which one. Isn't it Pluto? But Pluto's not a planet anymore. Yeah, it's a protoplanet. Dwarf yeah. planet. It's been downgraded. Oh, which one is it? Yeah, it is Pluto. Okay. Yeah, because yep. it goes in and out of Neptune's. Well, it goes in and out of Neptune's orbit, but the yeah. uh, the uh, orbit is it, not on the same right, elliptical plane as the yeah. rest of them. So yeah, so they're you know some people say, "Hey, you're an idiot." When it, uh, these people that figured it out, not you know in nicer terms, but they're stand the the guys that did the research are standing by their by their uh, findings, and uh, they're trying to see if they can figure out what's causing it. But lots of little weird things. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's all I got. Um, yeah. Well, Marvel. Here you go. Here's some superhero news. Marvel moved all their uh, superhero stuff, shifted all their uh, release yeah, dates. This isn't a superhero show. Oh, it's not? No, that's the other show. Is it? You ready for a pod crawl? I get confused. Let's do this. Okay. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl. The pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Pod crawl. Excellent. Insert it deep. Pod crawl. Kind of like a space suppository full of information. Paul is a young aristocrat with a bright future ahead of him. Unfortunately, because the emperor fears his house, House Atreides, the emperor has fucked them with the promise of great riches and power. Wait, what? Yeah, so the Emperor, in his brilliant scheme to get rid of a house that might jeopardize his rule in the future, has granted House Atreides the planet Arrakis as part of their fiefdom, which is the only place where spice, their version of magic space dust that makes space travel possible, can be found. The plan is to kick House Harkonnen. The current occupiers of Arrakis, aka Dune, aka the Sandworm Ship Planet, out and install Atreides, which will then make Harkonnen fight to get their planet back which would be in direct violation of the Emperor's will, but that's okay because that's what the Emperor wants and is in fact helping to fund and man the army to do it in the first place. So but why confused. go through all that trouble and not just wipe Atreides out on your own with Harkonnen help 
Oh Lord, let's not think too much Good more God, my brain. about this. Anyway, Paul is a special boy, born to a mother, who is part of a mysterious sect of warrior priestesses that can command people with their deep mom voice. He's learned how to do the mom voice too, but is waiting for his other testicle to drop before he <laughs> can truly master it. Jeez. He has been trained in combat by Cool Aquaman and Thanos in the DCEU MCU crossover nobody asked for. When the family arrives on Arrakis, the place has been left a mess, with sabotaged equipment and killer robot mosquitoes roaming freely about the place. Just as things were getting cleaned up, the family doctor fucks everyone over by dropping the power, paralyzing the regent, and opening the gates to a Harkonnen invasion. Paul and his mom escape and eventually meet back up with Shaven called Drogo, where they find an abandoned outpost, and the judge that was overseeing the peaceful transition of power, and utterly failing at her gerb. They eventually get discovered by the Emperor's elite guard, where the motherfucker of dragons slices through them all until he's sucker-stabbed by the last guy. This, however, allows Paul, his mom at bad judgment to escape. Paul and his mom head out in their dragonfly, and the judge heads into the desert to die by getting stabbed in the back just like she did to House Atreides. Paul and Mommy are chased into a sandstorm, crash land, get chased by a sandworm, ambushed by the Freeman, and almost killed until Jessica hands the Freeman leader his ass. Another Freeman demands to 1v1 Jessica, but Paul says I'm your huckleberry, and wipes the floor with a guy, killing him, and, I don't know, becoming a man? Is that how it works? By now, we are almost three hours in and only maybe halfway into the story, but surprise, it's been split into two parts. So Paul and Jessica are accepted into Freeman society and roll walking through the desert to Siege Tavern where Paul can become their messiah. Credits. Wait All right. Spoil the second movie. What? What are you talking about? Tell me they're going to become the messiah. That was... They were foreshadowing it from the beginning of this movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's nothing new. Besides, we've already seen Dune once. So this yeah. is the third attempt at uh, Dune adapting, 3.0. Yeah, adapting Frank Herbert's Dune to uh, to a screen. So the first one was David Lynch's version uh, in what was it, nineteen eighty something? I uh, eighty five, eighty four, eighty four. I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Eighty. Uh, oh, we covered it. Uh, 84. Yep, 1984. 1984. Yeah, yep, yep. so 1984. And we covered that last May, May of 2020. Damn, yeah. Has it been that long? It seems like it hadn't been that long since we uh, talked about uh, this. Yeah. Yeah. It's still fresh in my mind. Yeah. And then uh, the Sci Fi Channel did a mini series on Dune back in like the early 2000s. Yeah, um, I never watched that. Yeah, I never watched that either. So, no. Nope. Uh, Neither because- did anybody else. Yeah, because, uh, you know, sci-fi wasn't known for their high production values at about that point. So, um, Sharknado? But, well, it doesn't get much better than Sharknado, no, it, right? Yeah. I guess. I guess not. So this is the third attempt. It's done by uh, director Dennis Villeneuve. And uh, this, is a, this is a passion project for him. He's wanted to do this, I think, ever since he was a kid, according to what I've read. Um, what'd you think? Um, well, I'll tell you what the rest of my family thought while we're sitting there, um, because they wanted to watch it too. I didn't have the heart to tell them that, uh, they were probably going to regret it. Um, they regretted it, um, uh, as, as my middle kid said, 
yeah, he fell asleep. Okay. Uh, Jan, uh, the wifey, um, she goes, where's all the action? I said, just wait, wait, it's coming. Because uh, I didn't realize how far they were getting into this. I was like, no, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And it never came. Uh, it was action. Yeah, there was, but there wasn't as much action. She, As she said, all the action parts were in the trailer. It's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you watch the trailer, you've seen all of, most of all of the action that takes place in, in this portion of, of the... Uh, well, that's not quite true. Yeah, close, though. Um, honestly, uh, I liked this one better than the first one. Um, I was able to... And I don't know if it's because I saw the first movie, but I was able to follow this movie. I felt better. Um, there was still there's still some. Uh, I'm gonna say the 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 not foreshadowing, but the hallucinations that he has of stuff that hasn't even happened yet. The dreams. Um, yeah. Well, no, it wasn't even really dreams because he was he was getting a lot of it when he started huffing spice, um, you know, of, of stuff that hasn't even happened that'll probably happen in the next one. Yeah. They call it his site. Yeah. His site. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and even then it didn't, it didn't quite, I, I know that it was all supposed to be what hyperbolic or hyper hyperbolic. I don't know. It was supposed to all be uh, abstract, you know, the dude that, you know, follow the dude, he'll help you, and then he ends up killing him, or you have to die, or Paul has to die for the Messiah to come, and he doesn't die, he just kills his first person and becomes a real boy. Or well, no, so, yeah, and we can, we can talk to that part, but uh, what they were saying was, or what his vision was saying was, uh, this is, um, you... I think that what it, what his vision was saying was you he was looking at that battle through his vision from the eyes of his enemy. So the eye he was actually looking at the battle from the eyes of of uh, the person that he was fighting at that point. Okay. Yeah, but uh, what about the the visions or whatever he had of where that dude was, uh, uh, you know. Because I know it happens, um, riding, uh, showing him how to ride a sandworm for the first time or whatever. You know, he pulls out those uh, ice picks or worm picks, and uh, that wasn't you, the same dude. Ah, uh, no, I thought that was the same dude. I don't think that was the same dude. I no. think that was uh, what's his face. Um, I the, thought the that leader. was. No, that's not ha- uh, Javier Bardeen. That was it. Was a black dude that was that he was supposed that was showing him or whatever that he was his he was supposed to follow him or show him or um learn from him but then he ended up fighting him and killing him because even jan said the same thing she goes that's the dude that he's supposed to be following why are they fighting each other it's like i don't know maybe 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 he wasn't maybe he wasn't seeing something of the future maybe he was seeing something from the past through the eyes of chani Oh, okay. So maybe think- he trained. Maybe he was training Chani at the time, and that's that's oh. a memory from Chani. Okay, Zendaya, gotcha. Right. Okay, because they have some sort of connection, apparently. 
some sort, yeah. Because I mean, he was dreaming of he was dreaming of his blue eyed girl back on the plant on 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 his home planet, Waterworld. Right, Waterworld. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As opposed to Tatooine. Yeah. Um, but I mean, so, I, mean I, followed, so- I followed this better. Um, I, honestly, I liked it. I liked it better. It was easy. For somebody that hasn't read the books, it, I, I find this one was easier to follow along than the other one. Yeah, David, so this yeah. this was a lot easier to follow than David Lynch's version. It was still tough to follow, but it was easier to follow. Well, and that that's the that's the problem f- about Dune uh, from everything that I've read. Again, I haven't read the books; it's on my list. I am going to uh, read the read the book again before or read the book for the first time before watching the second movie. But when it um, comes out. Yeah, it hadn't even been greenlit yet. They were nope. holding off on uh, setting that up for production to see how the first one went. Which it went is, well, which is odd. Yeah, um, but no, I, I I liked this version a lot better than Lynch's, and I think that because they split it up in two parts, and I didn't realize to start with they were going to split this up. Into no, two I parts. didn't either until I saw the title card. Yeah, title like card. Part, Dune, one. part one. I was what? like, part one. Are they doing like a Justice League here, where they're going to split this up into chapters, and then yeah, that's what I thought. I was, I was like, two oh, hours actually, into the movie, yeah. and they they hadn't there even gotten to two. the siege yet, and I was yeah. like, oh, oh, this is split up into two. Yeah. There's no way was, they're getting to the fucking siege and then getting back into yeah, uh, back into the city and taking everything over before you know half an hour, forty five minutes. Yeah, is over, I, so. I had I had twenty minutes left in the in the movie and I'm like, damn, they're gonna rush the end of this show, <laughs> right? Yeah, so I didn't even know that they were gonna split it up into two. Yeah, maybe um, but I think I think that splitting it up into two, like either two. Uh, two and, and two and I think it was two and a half hours, a little over two and a half hours. Yeah, somewhere in there. So into like a five-hour movie in total is doing it a lot, a lot better justice by trying to not cram as much political intrigue as what yeah. Lynch had to do. Because I mean, the the book is all about you know politics, political intrigue. I mean, it's it's fucking games, Game of Thrones in space, basically. Um, with less boobs, with less boobs, man, I was getting so excited when they started changing their clothes. I was like, Oh, we're going to have a mommy son, um, nude off here. And then they cut. (laughs) Only you would think that. Look, I just want to see Rebecca Ferguson nude. Okay. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. Uh, I'm sure it's on your hard drive somewhere. I'm, I'm doing it now. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm looking, I'm looking. Did she? Anyways, yeah, yeah. Go, keep going. Don't so, mind me. So, yeah, I, I think that I think that splitting this up into two parts uh, made it a lot easier to digest. There's not as much coming at you, um, and I think the technology of today is a lot more advanced than what it was in David Lynch's era when he created it, and I think that helped a lot as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think the oh, writing is probably better. Of course, David Lynch doesn't. I mean, one of his greatest disappointments, he said, is is Dune, because he didn't have creative freedom on Dune like he wanted, and the the studio got in the way. And yep, there it is. There it is. There it is. What is that from? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't feel like clicking. 
All right. You can so, I'm but, doing it. <laughs> oh, my God. But no, he's so he didn't have the creative control. The studio got in the way. Dune, he says there's parts of the movie of the original Dune that he really likes, but overall, you know, it's it's a great disappointment to him because it's not exa- it's not what his vision was. It's too bad. The White Queen, by the way, TV miniseries, The White Queen. No, oh, never heard of it. Neither have I. Um, I th- I think I I think having the technology helped a lot to be able to to convey some of the I what I can only assume is some of the stuff that was in the books and the novels. Um, yeah, and and I really like the style that they they used in this I, movie. I did um, too. I do too. It was very, it was very blocky. Everything was very blocky. Uh, you know, the city. There was no. It was very sharp architecture. I guess. Well, and and I think that was the Harkonnen style, right? Of architecture because Atreides, their oh, architecture true, yeah. on um, Caladar. Caladore, Caladon, Waterworld, Waterworld. Yep, um, Caladon. That's what it is, or Caladan. That's what I other. said. Waterworld. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the the architecture in on Caladan wasn't wasn't like that. It it was it was a little more flowing. Although their uh, their drop ships were kind of uh, very blocky or rhomboid uh, looking. Yeah, they, but they I were... loved their I loved their little dragonfly attack ships though. Right. Those were really now cool. was that. Uh... Was that theirs or was that uh, Harkonnen's? No, I think that was theirs. Okay, I think so too. Those things were cool. Yeah, Those, um, yeah, I really liked them. I really liked them. Yeah that that was a that was a nice touch. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, I think the the movie helped to establish the characters a lot better than the than the first Dune movie. I think the movie helped to establish the story. I think it explained the political intrigue a little bit more. It did. Um, uh, I was, I, I, I was understood it in this one as opposed to the which last is a one. feat. It is I mean, for getting me you to yes. understand anything is yeah. Is well, a it made more sense. It it made more sense in this one, like you know, because it was yeah, you know, okay. So the Harkonnens leave, and somebody else takes over, and then the Harkonnens come back. It's like, why did they leave in the first place? When I watched the first one, right? And this one, right. it was, oh, okay. So the emperor made them leave and then put somebody else there who was a popular person so that he could turn around and get rid of them. Yeah. Now that makes sense. Uh, then I understood it. I was like, oh, okay, okay. He's The emperor is just trying to make sure that, uh, that he keeps – you know, gets rid of his enemies. Yeah. In uh, the book, in the book, it was more of a veiled kind of backward assault on Atreides to, to knock their house down because they had become too powerful. Right. right even though, right. even though they weren't the richest house, Harkonnen was by far the richest house. Harkonnen. Well, yeah, they had all uh, the spice. Yeah. With all the spice, Harkonnen uh, wasn't as popular from what I understand. Again, I haven't read the book. I need to do that. Wasn't as popular with the other houses who were never mentioned in this fucking movie at all. Right. It's just right. Atreides and Harkonnen and the Emperor. And then but, and then that, that assault house. Well, that that was the Emperor's uh, personal army. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I thought that was a special house that was no just, the the how oh, what are they called those soldiers the sor whatever uh, Sardaukar Sardaukar yeah Sardaukar yeah something like that yeah yeah so they they were the they were the emperor's elite army or the empire's elite army yeah Sardaukar yeah that's what Wikipedia holder of all knowledge says yep yep. Yeah, so uh, soldier fanatics loyal to Padishah emperors of the House Corino. So apparently, uh, the M- the Padishah Empire is of House Corino, or they're the they're the house that currently hold the throne. So it's kind of like Game of Thrones in terms of whatever house rules at the time, right? Yeah, yeah. So. So we, we, we get a we get a view into two of the imperial houses as well as a, a brief view or a brief mention of, of the imperial house. Now, my question is, and it, it was more overt in the movie than what I understand from uh, my synopsis that I've read on on the actual novel. It was it was more covert in the novel because in the movie, the the Sadakar didn't even try to conceal that they were they were fighting in the battle. Right. They they had completely different armor. Yeah. And in the book, they actually dressed up as Harkonnen soldiers. So my question is, is in the movie, and I think this was a misstep in the movie, if the Emperor just wanted to get rid of House Atreides, why go through the fucking the- theatrics of kicking out Harkonnen just to have them come back and so and attack? So- I'm thinking um I'm thinking that on their home planet there was no way in hell they were going to win because you know they said hey we're masters of land and sea um so I I I think on their home planet they would have wiped the floor with anybody um you think even if the the em, emperor's house and uh, yeah, but and see, the Harkonnen house, yeah, like teamed see, up I don't to, know. to attack Kalidor. Yeah, I don't know, but but you don't have a reason for them to attack Kalidor. Well, they didn't have a reason to attack him on Arrakis either. Well, Harkonnen wanted his uh, city back. Yeah, but it was by imperial decree that he lost his his feet. True, right, and then and he's being. So that that's that's what I don't yeah. understand is is what the strategy is on the emperor's side here because if Harkonnen comes back and attacks Atreides and 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 wipes the house, I mean that would that would go in direct violation of what, of the, what the emperor, the emperor wanted. wanted, and Publicly. so that would yeah, and so that would force the emperor's hand to then you know reprimand or or attack uh, maybe Harkonnen. maybe that was. Maybe that was the plan. Was you know he gets behind the scenes because it was always it was always the 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 what is it the ben ben uh, Gesserit or whatever it is Gesserit yeah the Bene Gesserit or yeah. Bene Gesserit whatever it is the the voice ladies Bene um, Gesserit yeah yeah it was always them relaying the information it seemed like um, you know hey. Go attack Atreides, but leave leave the uh, my agent and her child alone. 
sure, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they they basically act as the the neutral party, right? Between right. all the houses. So, so maybe by doing that, maybe that was the emperor's plan. Is you know he gets them gets you know kicks out of uh, the Harkonnens, Harkonnens, um, and then behind the scenes tells the Harkonnens, go hey go take care of it, you know, and then when they do and they wipe out wipe out the the our treaties, you know, then he. The emperor's like, oh, shit, you weren't supposed to do that, you know, publicly, and goes and wipes out the Harkonnens. He's just taken out, from what we understand, two powerful um, houses, right? I mean, Legi- possibly, but legit- I don't... One legitimate, one behind the scenes, and then, as far as everybody else is concerned, legitimately, right? So, so now... It keeps all the lesser houses because they said something about you know oh if the house is just united we could overthrow the emperor type of deal the emperor doesn't want that to happen. Um, yeah, but I mean attacking attacking Atreides is not the way to get the other houses to not fucking attack you. Well, he doesn't know that they don't know that he attacked Atreides. Well, they do whenever his fucking personal well, guard are yeah. part of the army. Well, yeah, and maybe that's yeah that's a misstep in the movie itself. But I think maybe the only thing I can think of is they did that so that because then, you know, the characters would know, oh, okay, yeah, we're getting hit by by the Empire and it gives Paul more of an excuse to lead a rebellion. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Um, I, You know, it's all veil plots anyway you know as far as you know this reminds me of the uh you know when we reviewed batman begins uh back in january of 2022 um where it was a convoluted (laughs) plot to uh (laughs) convoluted plot to are you trying to to say something gotham uh yeah we had some time travel last week (laughs) yeah but you know, I mean, that's the that's the mo of of all bad guys, right? Is some fucked up, complicated plot to to do things that ends up backfiring, right? So yeah, I, I just I, I still don't understand the the whole yeah I don't either the 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 whole strategy behind you know what the emperor was trying to do yeah here. and you know maybe this will be like the other movie and that we'll never see the emperor it's just some strange ass figurehead that uh, you know it's it's a it's a it's a Snoke back in the background until you know somebody else takes over and decides to show him wait I thought we saw the emperor at the end of the first Dune I don't remember because Paul killed both. Um, Baron Harkonnen. I don't remember. And uh I don't remember. And the Emperor wait, was it Baron Harkonnen? Well he killed he killed the Harkonnens. Right. Oh no, yeah, we did see the him the Emperor. Yeah, at the very yeah. end, yeah. Yeah, he but, killed the Harkonnens and the Emperor or told yeah. told the well, did he kill the Emperor? Shit, I don't remember. Who could that was a knows? year ago. Yeah, Over we'll find out in ago. part two. Yeah. So I mean, I, I and I liked it. Uh, I I did have I did have a couple quabbles. Um, the the one that really kind of irritated me was the the inconsistency of the blue eyes, not just between characters, but 
between the same character. Scenes you know, one, in the same character? Yeah, one one scene, you know, well, like Zendaya, you know, one scene you see her, and, and maybe this is because he was, he was having the sight and he was dreaming her or something, but, you know, she has these bright blue eyes, and then you see her, and it's like, no, no, I take that back. Because then you see her, and it's and it's kind of light blue, but then in the next scene, they're bright blue again, or, or a darker shade of blue, not, you know, piercing blue um you know but it, it always seemed like the eyes were slightly different well i don't you think know. their eyes are supposed to like necessarily glow right but i think they're just like pigmented blue from the uh spice. as a side effect of the spice so yeah I, but i, I would have thought it may have that just been that been... they were in shadow and you know maybe. the eyes are going to look darker in shadow than they are in the light maybe maybe I mean, I understand people having different shades of blue. You know, maybe the longer you live there, the brighter they get or whatever, but I don't know. Yeah, I didn't have I a problem know. with the eyes. I, th- yeah. I thought they were they were fine. What was your other quabble? Um, Aquaman looks hella weird without facial hair. Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to mention that. Yeah, yeah that, he looks like was, 10 years younger. J- without- Jason, Jason Momoa, Momoa man. Just, just leave it. Leave the, leave the beard, please. I thought he was fine without the beard. No, no. You, you don't look as manly. So look, that's that's what does it for you is his mm, beard. Mm, Jason, Ooh. wait. I, let me rephrase it. Aquaman. Ooh, because I don't want to say Jason, and you think I'm talking about you and hitting on you, um, dude. Yeah. Hey, are they making a Cal Drogo spinoff? I don't think so. Did I hear something like about that? I don't think so. Oh, I thought they were made. I thought I heard. I think uh, they're uh, gonna do a Targaryen spinoff. Well, they uh, yeah, that's already already been done. Um, that's already been shown, right? They did a they did a teaser on HBO a couple months ago. Yeah, I don't think they're doing a. Call Drogo spinoff. Why would they? I don't know. To bring Momoa back. I thought I I thought I saw something about that. Or maybe he's doing maybe Momoa's doing something different that's similar to that. Shit, I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, whatever. Anyway, yeah, I was a little disappointed in that. That that kinda that kinda irritated me a little bit. Um the so some of the and I don't know if it's just because where I was, you know, I was watching this at home. I, I couldn't understand some of the stuff that they were saying. Um, when, especially like when they were talking under their breath or whispering or something like that. Yeah. It, it made it very, it was very muddled. I think that was the sound mix. So I had to turn it up pretty loud to get the uh, dialogue audio to be yeah. hearable. You watched it on Max as well? Yeah, I watched it on HBO Max. Yeah. And that cranked up the the sound effects and the and the score quite a bit. So I would have I would have preferred to have had the dialogue audio dialed up a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, it was real noticeable when uh when Paul was going through his little uh hand in the box trial, right? And you hear you hear mom 
freaking out in the hallway and she's mumbling under her breath or whatever, but you don't hear what she's saying. Okay, so that I can kind of understand because she was just kind of talking to herself, but yeah, she was but doing it sounded, the but yeah, she was but doing it sounded that little like prayer it, that was talking about fear and how she yeah. let fear wash through her and yeah, yeah. But it, when the fear's it, you know, gone, all that's left is her and yeah. It just that one was a little off, and then there was a couple others where it was it was a little off as well, uh, where it made it hard to understand. Uh, but I got the gist of it and didn't feel like re rewinding right um but i mean other than that i mean music was awesome i mean Zimmer, oh, come yeah. on, yeah yeah the mean, music was fucking phenomenal yeah uh i got no complaints about that uh they did he did great like he always does yeah i um, mean the the <laughs> i just the the mix of music that he used it was it was like a it was like a classical score, but he threw in some like synthwave stuff to make it real sci-fi, but it wasn't right. too distractingly sci-fi, and it yeah. was kind of a throwback to uh, some of the the classic like seventies and eighties sci-fi that you get. Oh man, it was just fucking phenomenal music. Yeah, it was good. I, I liked it. I actually got uh, uh, small chills during the. Uh, just what is it? I guess it was that synth ver, you know, where it's the the hero. I want to call it the hero uh, intro or the hero score that would play ever so often. Um, yeah. So whenever they came down to uh, into the city on Arrakis for the first time, when that dropship yeah. dropped, yeah, that was yeah, that was whenever that that real blaring kind of synthesized right. sound came through. And then they, and then they played then, it later towards the end. And yeah, they yeah. played it in a few places, uh, and it was it was like, oh yeah, that's that's good, that's good yeah. stuff. Yeah, like when uh, when the dragonfly busts through the through the dust cloud, mm-hmm. um, you know, he busts through. You get that little thing, and then it's like, oh yeah, yeah, oh my god, they're about to crash. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of you get all, get all excited about it, and then it's like, nope, nope, never mind, they're fucked. Poor dragonfly broke its wings. So. Yeah, the fucking dragonfly. So I loved the dragonfly uh, attack craft that they had. I thought that was a really cool design, especially the, I mean, they actually beat their wings like a, a dragonfly yeah. would. Yeah. Um, which is just remarkable. It would, that would be remarkable just technology-wise, but I think the mix of the, the organic lines with the, the high technology. One of the th- questions that I had was there was only one, like gun that I saw in the entire movie, one personal like handgun, and that was when yeah, everything's everything. That swords. was when he was fighting the Fremen at the very yeah. end. He took some dude's gun. He took uh, oh, Cigar's gun, and uh, that was it. But it was never fired. The only other th- time you see anything kind of like a, a a gun is when they had that laser and they were trying to cut through the door. Dude, that laser was ridiculous. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean it was all it, it was all swords and knives and stuff. I don't I don't get that. So I, was it, that like a style choice you think or cuz again guess, I haven't read the book, but I guess I mean it made so that made more sense in the first one because everybody walked around with a personal shield 100% of the time. And yeah, they had personal shields now. Um which it looked like, I guess you have to go slow enough to get through the shield, or 
I think it, I think the personal enough, shield wasn't impenetrable. It just caused a lot of resistance, so that a glancing blow, or if you if you were able to you know get out of the way quick enough, um, it wouldn't right. it wouldn't pierce through. I think it was more resistant resistance than it was like an actual impenetrable shield. Okay, yeah, but. Maybe maybe that's why they wore use swords. I just I don't know. I don't know. It just seemed it seems weird. So I mean that would kind of make sense if you've got a personal shield that acts like uh, more like resistance because if you file fire a projectile at it, it'll hit, but there's nothing to continue the force into the right. shield, so it'll just it'll lose. Well, its... except for those darts. Those darts went through and well, but those par- darts were powered. Oh, that's that's true. They were they were they had a thing behind them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they 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 were mobile and they could yeah. continue the kinetic energy into the shield. Whereas a bullet, once you stop that stop that bullet, it doesn't have any more kinetic energy behind right. it, and it right. would just yeah. fall. Okay. So okay. Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense on the shields. I missed me some Patrick Stewart though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Patrick Stewart versus James Brolin. Who do you think did it better? James James Paul. Um hmm. Thanos. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking here. Uh I honestly I think Brolin did it better. You think? Uh yeah. Um he, I think so too. I think Brolin he, was he, he was more militaristic. Yeah. Um Stewart just seemed like an aristocratic douchebag. Um <laughs> I didn't in, think in he his seemed dude. like a aristocratic douchebag. Well, but not he a douchebag, but you know, he was very he was very prim and proper. He didn't. He was seem very prim like and mil- proper. He didn't seem like he was very authoritative, though. He was. Um, he had more of a. He made battle plans. He right. wasn't. He wasn't the one that got down and dirty. Brolin got down. It. Brolin got down and dirty. Right. Yeah. Um, he looked like he had experience. Patrick Stewart to me was like. Um, you know, those who can't do teach sort of style, you know, it's like, okay, he's teaching them how to fight. He's, he's teaching battle plans and things like that. You never really see him get going. Yeah, I can, I can see that. So right. for me, it was, it was, uh, Patrick Stewart didn't seem as aggressive as, no. as, a as the general, the, the leader, the head of the army would have, would have been. Right. Right. Um, he, he, yeah. Yeah. He seemed more. Uh, he seemed more in his head than than having experience. I guess is kind of like what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. So um, let's go with uh, let's go with Paul. Uh, which Paul do you prefer so far? Um, so Kyle McLaughlin, I thought did a pretty good Paul, but I think Kyle McLaughlin's. Paul was a little too naive. I mean, I, I, I like Timothy Chalamet's Paul, who's, uh, he seems more aware of what's going on right. and, uh, easier to adapt to, to the change changes that are happening. I think, uh, I think I like Chalamet's Paul. Better. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did too. Um, I like, you know, he's, he's naive, but not stupid. And, and like you said, he adapted better um you know he he's never killed a guy but you can believe the the fight that that uh fight to the death thing seemed a lot more um plausible 
right? Because he was he was always training and that kind of deal. It right. made sense, right. right? Him being able to hold his own made sense. Now, he is one skinny fucker, though. He is, boy, yeah. Boy needs well, to get but, some meat on him. I mean, so Paul in the book is only supposed to be 15 years old. Right. Okay. Yeah, uh, uh, McLaughlin was, shoot, 30s? 40s? No, he was like 25. 25? Okay, well, still, he was old in that one. This one, it well, does Timothy Chalamet is 23. Yeah, but he can, he's playing, he can play off a, you know, a younger, I believed him to be younger. I, I was thinking. Yeah, he does well, look get, younger. Yeah, 18, 19, something like that, you know, just on the cusp of what we would consider manhood, you know, you turn 18. Right. You know, ready to go. Um, but he does he did have he did have the body and and the 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 physique of an aristocrat that hasn't been out there yet right so i'm hoping i'm hoping for part 2 he bulks up just a touch right cuz now Think he's so? Well, I I'm not talking like huge, but I'm I'm thinking if he bulks up just just a touch, I think it would go f- it would help with the character in terms of he's living a rougher lifestyle now. Right? Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be so I think they take the city over like 4 or 5 years after right. they they run into the desert. So yeah, right. it'll be 4 or 5 years after he should be if he's actually 15 in the movie, then he'll be, you know, 19, 20 at that point. So he right. should have bulked up a little bit. Well, yeah, no, and, and it doesn't have to be much, but, you know, you're going to you're gonna be doing the fighting. Uh, you're going to be riding worms. You know, you got to be able to pull yourself up, right? So, you know, a little bit of, a little bit more upper body strength. Right. But not enough that it doesn't, that it looks stupid doing the flashy moves. Right. Because that's, because that's, that's where he gets you is with all those quick knife fight moves. Yeah, he doesn't so, he doesn't have brawn, he's got agility, so he right. uses that to his advantage, yeah. Right. So, um uh, yeah. That's that's where my I I don't know about Rebecca. So, okay, so so wifey said said this and and I see where she's going. She always seemed afraid of something. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like, understand that either. Yeah, she'll I, kick the guy's ass. She kicked the guy's ass, but as soon as it's done, she's very like, submissive. "Oh my!" Yeah, yeah she's I, she's always very. I don't know. Uh, she tries to drop into the background. She's yeah, she's sub- submissive when the rev- revered mother is there, which I understand because that's the head of her sect, right? Um, but she's she seems really submissive around her husband, around her son. I don't know if that's just. Not a husband, because uh, she's a she's a concubine oh yeah that's right she's a concubine so around yeah uh, the Lord Atreus um, around her son the only person that she didn't seem uh, kind of subdued around was the lady that she hired as the the maid right um, and her personal guard and. Yeah. Yeah. I liked, um, now, now remind me, I seem to remember from the first Dune that they had some sort of telepathy 
and they would talk to each other through telepathy. Um, in the first Dune, yeah, they were doing yeah. the hand signals in this one. Yeah, I liked the hand signals better. Yeah, I did too. I thought that made more sense. Yeah, and, and uh, the first one, the whole telepathy thing, I was like, ah, that just, yeah, no. So, I mean, I liked I liked that. Um, I hope they explain the voice thing a little bit more. I think it's in the, uh, in the second one. I think it's just an ability that they can hit a certain pitch and and cause like some kind of subconscious command right. or something like that. I think well, that's how the book explains it. Yeah, I don't I don't care to know how it works, but I I, I I'd like to for them to explain it a little bit more in terms of like I guess training because supposedly he well I mean I guess in the first one he uses uh, he uses his voice as a weapon. As a sound, yeah, sound yeah, thing, and he, he has that trains people to do the whole sound thing. Yeah, and he has that amplifier or something. And he uses uses it as a weapon. I hope they don't yeah. do that. I thought that I, was kind of hokey. I hope they use those little those little sand guns that they had. That looked, yeah, that looked plausible. You know, however those work. So, and it seems that the difference between the first movie and this one as well is that the Fremen are much more capable warriors in this movie oh, than yeah, they yeah. were in the first one. So yeah. I'm kind of where, wondering where they're going with that because I thought the whole point of him training the Fremen as kind of a resistance force was that they they didn't really have a whole lot of fight training and that him and his mom training them in the weirding way uh, kind of uh, gave them the advantage over the Harkonnen forces. But now Maybe. it seems that, especially if they've got like millions on the planet, right? I don't know how the Harkonnens were able to hold it. I mean, they could have just banded together and with the, the fighting skills that they have currently, they could have probably taken, taken back Arrakis. Yeah, I don't know. Would I watch it again? Mm, yeah, maybe. I'm going to watch it again. I'm going to watch it again will. before I watch part two. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it then. I mean, I'm not going to sit down and watch it just, you know. I don't know. Next I might. week. It was really good. I, <laughs> I loved mean, it was the good. Visuals. It was it was good. I just, you know. I've... I thought the explosions were a little over, over the top whenever they evaded um, uh, that city on Arrakis. I thought yeah. there were a few too many explosions that kind of covered up the screen covered up yeah. stuff that was happening but other than that i really don't have much complaints about this i no, thought it was really was good. well paced real really well written i mean it it explains a lot better the the underlying intrigue and and sets things up better than the original dune of course yeah. the the graphics are going to be better and the special effects are going to be better i mean the technology is just uh, light years ahead of what was available in 1984. And I thought 1984's version did a really good job on trying to show the shielding um, yeah. with with the technology that they had at the time. That was that was state-of-the-art back then. I mean, that was pushing the bleeding edge. But, yeah, uh, yeah so I might watch this again in, in the next couple of weeks just to watch it again. All right, well, don't shirk your uh, other duties. Yeah, if I can you know, find time, yeah. Yeah, cuz I mean we coming up, we got to we got to watch Zendaya's boyfriend. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right, you got a haiku for us this week? 
I do. Now just just go with me on this one, all right? This one is titled Shitty Sex. Oh my god. Yeah. Hate desert planets. Coarse sand gets everywhere. God Hope you damn like it. it rough. God damn it. Every fucking time there's any kind of sand in something, you gotta pull Look, that shit out, I don't gotta, you? I gotta keep I gotta keep it up. Yes, I do. Um, oh, for fuck's yeah. sake! You got it. I was so I was trying. I yes, I do. But I was trying to somehow shoehorn in there. Um, you know, Zen, uh, Tom Holland being upset that Zendaya found herself a new man, but she didn't actually kiss the dude. She stabbed him in the gut. I was so close. If there was some kissy kissy going on, ooh, Holland boy, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm kind of curious as to how that's going to play out, too. If that was some sort of false vision or if he was seeing something else just through the eyes of them. That may have been that may have been kind of some kind of symbology. Yeah, I think it was symbolic because she gave she gave him her knife for the fight and he got it bloody. Right. Or it could have been something like he it wasn't actually those two. It was, um, oh, maybe that's what he was referencing whenever he was telling the judge that um, a warrior that she loved got killed in battle. Maybe that was the symbology for that. She represented the judge. uh, uh, Chani represented the judge, and he represented the warrior that got killed in battle, and that showed him getting killed. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. So it'll be interesting to see if they... If they revisit that. Yeah. All right. What awards you got? Uh, Black Lung. You got a Black Lung? All right. Player and Purple Hippo. I got them all. What's your your Black Lung? The City. City? (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Black Lung. I didn't see anybody like overtly smoking, although- I may give it to Baron Harkonnen because he was like bathing in oil and, you know, he was under there for a long time. So he's probably breathing that shit in somehow. Oh, yeah. I can give it to Baron Harkonnen because he breathed in the poison and still lived. Oh, that's true. Yeah. 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 There you so go. So I'll give it to Baron Harkonnen for, for breathing in the poison and still managing to live. All right. All right, who's got your head lush? Oh, man, I'm just going to give it to the Fremen and just in general um, for wanting that sweet, sweet body water. <laughs> okay. Uh, head lush. Yeah, I didn't see anybody drinking. Mm, no, they're, I mean, they didn't even have drink at the dinner table. I mean, yeah, Baron right. was just going to town on the food, but he didn't have anything to drink. Yeah, you're right. Give it to the trees. The palm trees. Yeah. Although that was water, that's not mm. booze. I think I'm yeah. just going to go honorary Richard Dawson on this. All one. right, fine. Yeah, I'm going to go honorary Richard Dawson. All right, who's got your player? Um, I'm going to give it to the uh, Ben Gesserit. The Ben Gesserit. Yeah, yeah. The the witch ladies. Yeah. Um, for basically being the players behind the players, you know, creating a. Um, uh, the prophecy there on on Arrakis, you know, to to try to sway stuff their way. 
Yeah, basically implementing a, a whole eugenics program to bring yeah, yeah, about yeah. some kind of, yeah. Messiah of some Messiah, sort. Yeah. 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 Interesting, yeah. Uh, so my player is going to go to Chani for uh, seducing Paul in his dreams. Oh, nice. And not even knowing it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's she's a player good. and she doesn't even know it. Yep. Yeah. And who has your purple hippo? Oh, this one's easy. We're giving it to Paul on Spice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Paul Paul gets the purple hero, yeah. purple hippo for, for yeah. sucking in the spice. Yeah, spicy Paul. He seems yeah. to like it. He does. It does. Well, you know. I want to know how the hell does spice help with space travel? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. The only the pilots can only pilot when they're high. I don't. Yeah, it seems like the yeah. na- well, it's the navigators. The na- yeah. navigators, yeah. So wow. I guess it's somehow the navigators are are using the spice right. to to help with their navigation. So I don't know. Put you on a whole nother form of consciousness, dude. Yeah, no shit. All right, so next week it's not going to be random. No, it's not. No, it's not. So next week we are going to be covering, you know what we're covering next week? Uh, I bet you don't. Who are you going to call? Yeah, so next week we are going to be discussing the movie where the discovery of a massive river of ectoplasm and resurgence of spectral activity allows the staff of Ghostbusters to revive the business. This stars Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver. It is 2000, or sorry, 2000. <laughs> is, Wait, which one are we doing? 1989's Ghostbusters 2. And this is going to be on run up for the new Ghostbusters movie that comes out in November. All right. So gonna, yeah. we're going to be covering Ghostbusters Afterlife after Ghostbusters 2. Awesome. You know, busting makes me feel good. Oh, my God. Busting a nut makes me yeah, feel good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I got the joke. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Thanks for explaining it more, though. So you're welcome. Oh my god, I hate you so much. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we've you got know for what this you're week. Really gonna hate you? Well, me? Cause yeah, yeah. Cause I get to edit this thing. Oh God. Yeah. That's right. Yep. That's right. You're gonna be the new editor for a little while. Just for a little bit. So any. Uh, any suggestions on editing? Send those to Rob. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'll ignore them. <laughs> Our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. Podcrawl music is Snack Boots going chat. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. You here. can leave our feedback on our Discord channel at smokinganddrinkinginspace.com forward slash Discord. On Twitter at status underscore podcast. Or you can email us at smokinganddrinkinginspace at outlook.com. If you'd like to throw a few nickels our way, you can become a Patreon supporter by going to smokinganddrinkinginspace.com forward slash Patreon. And please make sure to visit Creative Brain Candy for more gross shows and other creative works at creativebraincandy.com. I can't talk today for this week. Hey, I am Jason. Can you redo that whole thing? I really don't want to splice stuff together. Please just redo that outro. Nah, screw it. You know what? I'll just do my static outro. It's fine. <laughs> and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>